Hello and welcome back to the Rigged Recap, the official podcast where I am joined by our very first Rue girl ever on this podcast, Pixie Polite from Drag Race UK 4. Pixie, thank you so much for being here. That's okay. I didn't know I was the first ever girl you've had. You're breaking ground on this podcast. I'm a trailblazer. What can I say? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I feel very special now. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. I'm so excited to talk about a rusical with you, someone who has experience actually doing one and knowing what it's like to, you know, have all these elements going on around you. It's going to be really fun. This was a very kind of random episode, like the, the judging, the elimination, everything was just kind of like, okay. And that's kind of how I feel about this season as a whole is I'm just, they're throwing things at me and I'm like, sure, let's run with it. Yeah. It- other than the like interpersonal drama we've had like last week and this week or this morning girls, on twitter <laughs> like ooh, let's not talk about the screenshots let's not do it they um, are dropping yeah, like, and right but yeah obviously the girls are now bringing the drama personally but like yeah i i agree it's kind of like pleasant watching rather than like tv back in the day where you you wouldn't dare switch the channel i'd be like oh i can you know I can see what's going to happen here. Let me just check the weather. Like, it's kind of like that. Yes. <laughs> it's all great, though. Like, I love Drag Race. Like, no matter what people say about it or complain about it, you know, there's too many international versions. It's too overdone. Like, I don't think you can ever get enough. Like, they have about a thousand soccer games and football games and basketball games on every day. Do the straights say there's too much? No. <laughs> so let's not complain. <laughs> well, this is kind of like a full circle moment because... We did, me and um, Butsy did the rigged recap for UK4, and I could not stop gushing about how much I loved you, how I was like, Pixie is not getting her flowers, Pixie deserves everything, so to have you actually on now, is like it's like a really full circle moment. Well, that's actually really lovely to hear. To be honest, at a certain point in the season, I just stopped, like, reading stuff, I stopped watching stuff, because I was just, like, completely overwhelmed, so that's that's nice to hear you're in my corner. A lot of people were not... (laughs) But, you know, I live in my truth. Like, you know, not everyone's going to like your personality or your drag. And that's just part of putting yourself on an international platform. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, to the people who enjoy me, I love you. And if you're not fussed, then that's fine too. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, I'm sure someone could put together a super cut of that season of, of the Rage Recap where it's just, here's why Pixie deserves better. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did well. I did well. It's just so hard doing it, though. Like, I think at a certain point in the season, you can tell when I sort of, like, start to check out because I'm just exhausted. As a larger lady, let me tell you, it's a marathon. It's not a race. It's a marathon. Well, Um, even just watching, like, on season 14 and 15, I mean, those are long seasons. And by the end of the season, you can tell the the girls are they're kind of done. They're like, I don't have more to give. (laughs) I've given everything I have. I think, though, it's weirdly, you see it more on the early, early seasons. Really random, but me and Tia Coffee have been re-watching some of the very early seasons, like, together. And we watched season three recently, very, like, a week or two ago. And it got to a certain point, you could just really tell the girls were like, oh my god, I'm gonna, like, pass out if I have to do another episode. In some ways, I think maybe it's gotten a bit easier, but also the pressure of it, I guess, over the years goes up because every year they're trying to make it better this year than the last year. So yeah, Yeah, I mean, like you said, season three, Yada Sophia literally breaking down in tears in that final lip sync. And it's like, 
well, maybe that's just like her trying to make a good moment. No, that she is exhausted. She is yeah. overwhelmed. Like she is at her wits end. She she is in need of a mental health holiday. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's what she was in need of. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. And something I kind of wanted, and it's on my mind, and I just kind of talk in tangents on this podcast, but something I that's thought about, because I'm not a huge fan of this season. I think it's good. It's not as yeah. good. It's like All-Star 6, All-Star 7, some of these like really beloved seasons of All-Stars. I feel like because the strategy is so intense on this season and so mm-hmm. much is happening off camera, I feel like we're missing out on a lot of the more juicier bits of the season that would kind of make it make more sense and also be more interesting. As we're hearing from, you know, Roscoe's and what the girls are saying on Twitter, all of these alliances that we don't even know about and these like relationships we don't even know about that really do impact what's going on here, we're missing out on on the actual show. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's interesting as well because I've I've only I think I've I don't know if it's the same in previous All Stars, but I swear we used to see part of Untucked like in the episode, which gave you more context for like the you know the relationships that were going on. But because it's not in the episode anymore, I've actually I don't think I've watched really any of the Untucked. So I I do feel like there's stuff I'm missing like context. This season of Untucked is actually kind of essential because all of the, like, the queen sitting down with the bottom two and, like, talking. Like, that's all in Untucked now, which is good because I do think there needs to be some more filler. Like, take out some of the filler in Untucked and put in some more, like, fluff. But it's also, like, missing in the episode. So if you're not watching Untucked, it's just kind of, like, whatever. You're literally missing half the story, as they say. (laughs) You are. Maybe a little bit. Maybe 51% of the story now, perhaps. (laughs) Just tips you slightly over the edge. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I feel like, especially now that we're at the final six, you would expect that the dynamics of the group would be more clear, and they're kind of not. Like, Alexis is just kind of there. Lala's just kind of there. Like, Candy seems to be the main strategist, but, like, I guess the group just doesn't mesh in the storyline as well as they have in other All-Star seasons where we've had this format. Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes some seasons, after the first couple of episodes, you can kind of tell dynamics. Okay, who do you think's going to go far? Who do you think's maybe, like, going to go soon? And you can't really tell. And I think it's because of the format of the voting each other off you can kind of call who's going to go next episode based on, well, they've been in bottom this too many times and they've been won that many times. So it's kind of feels a bit predictable because there's that the girls are playing it so close by the rules they've set up, which is we'll do it strictly by track record that like, it just feels a bit like, well, I kind of sort of know who's going next, but also like it depends on how they do in the challenge. I don't know. I think I, I agree. Like Jimbo has been like annihilating it. Obviously, Candy's now got two wins. So I, in a way, they feel like the front runners. But also, I don't know who else is at this point. Yeah. And uh, looking at like when the season started and people were putting their like, this is who the top four is going to be. This is who, like, I feel like a lot of those queens are gone now. People were rooting for Kasha. People were rooting for Darian and Heidi. And like, they're all gone. So it feels like yeah. you're left with these queens here. It's like, I wasn't expecting them to be doing super well. And here they are. And Jimbo is so far ahead of everyone else. That it's just kind of like, okay, where is like the competition aspect? You know what I yeah. mean? Because it feels like everyone's just trying to catch up to Jimbo. Yeah. And I think it's maybe it's like just a a choice of the cast is the issue. Cause a lot of them are are very on a sort of level playing field. You don't you can't really tell who's gonna rise above. Like I think Jimbo's been dominating, and I feel like potentially, in my opinion, she's probably going to win. 
Providing she can pull off a final lip sync, of course. <laughs> it's interesting as well watching Jimbo because you get this sense that based on their experience on UK versus the world, where they sort of like, they were quite aloof in the way that they played the game in terms yeah. of sending people home and like being in the top. I think Jum- J- Jumbo? <laughs> <Not> <laughs> Jimbo's been uh, felt a little bit more grounded and like humble this time, still annihilating it. But um like playing by the rules and like doing the goddamn thing like i think should be a great winner at this point and i'm not gonna lie until like the last episode or two i wasn't actually really a a fan of jimbo i've watched her on this is you know her third season i've watched of her and this season i think is really like humanizing her to me i think she's doing really well yeah less of the clown more of the person behind it we're getting exactly yeah this episode um I feel like most of it was the rehearsals. We got a lot of like them, you know, doing the choreo, doing the vocals. Um, We didn't get much of them in the workroom, but there were a couple storylines that were set up specifically with Candy and Jimbo because they both went home on their prior musicals. Mm. And so this is kind of like their make or break moment. How much? Okay, so let's say you go back and you have Mm. to redo the challenge you went home on. Like how much would that really affect you going in? I think... Nerves wise, yeah, it would 100% like completely throw me. But I think at the same time, if if you know you're going back, there's a, for me anyway, I'd be like, okay, I did really bad at that thing. So before I go this time, I'm going to practice. I'm going to like learn some jokes, write some jokes. I'm going to have some stuff like in my brain ready to go because that's something I failed at. And I feel like that's probably something Candy's done. Like, you know, she nailed the choreography. And I think this time it's different because when they did the, was it Discomentary? Was that mm-hmm. the one she did? Yes. That that was lip syncing to someone else's voice. Yes. Which I think her singing live gets her, you know, she gets to show a talent that we hadn't seen from her before, which was that lovely voice. Obviously, Mama, it had a fair bit of autotune on it, but still, it was very impressive, like, because we hadn't expected that from her, which I think is what set her, like, above, because we expected, you know, her to scrape through, and she actually really excelled, so I thought she did great. Yeah, well, and then, like, on the opposite, we kind of had the same storyline two weeks in a row now with Alexis Michelle, because she's like, for Snatch Game, I won Snatch Game, I'm here to win it again, she kind of falls a little short. This week, she's like, oh, Rusical, like, should have won that on my season. I did amazing. And she kind of falls short again. So it's kind of like, I feel like they're really setting up Alexis Michelle as like the pixie polite of the season. (laughs) (laughs) Thinks they should do well at things and then is either second best or terrible. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit, a little bit. But yeah, it's kind of like Alexis Michelle is like the best television on this season. Like, she is just so much fun to watch. And I, I wish they were kind of giving her a little bit more of, like, the flowers than they are. Because I do think she's doing a good job. And then the edit yeah. kind of, like, it's almost like we're poking fun at her a little bit. So you're Yeah, as, is it like, oh, look at her trying so hard, isn't it? Yeah. She's doing well, but isn't it funny? I yeah. kind of get that vibe. Yeah. Which I don't think is fair. Like, you know, obviously in her original season, her runways were real bad, mama. But, like, in terms of the challenges, I, most of the time she really did deliver. Her issue the first time around was just that people didn't click with her personality. Mm-hmm. This time she's really, she's elevated, you know, 
it's like I said, you if you go back, you want to elevate the things that you didn't do so well. Like her runways have been amazing, like so good. She's still so talented in the challenges. But then I don't know. It's it's interesting to see her personality amongst this new group of people because I don't think they're showing her perhaps in the best light she could be. Not that I want to blame the edit, but just, you know, sometimes certain characters or certain events or certain things that are said are more relevant to the stories that they're telling. So they'll just show things in a certain way. It's kind of just how it is. Yeah. But I think she's fab. To be honest, I think she was robbed of a top placement this week. When okay. when he announced like two people, was it two people safe? Yeah, Jimbo so and Alexis. And Jimbo. I was like, oh, that's I felt like it was strange because like there's so few of them now. You could easily have half in the top, half in the bottom if you wanted. Exactly. Um, and usually <laughs> they'll have like the top three and the bottom three. And this season we've got a lot of just like two in the bottom and three in the, the top. So yeah. it's like it feels like we're not getting as many people um having critiques every week. I mean, maybe it's their way of making sure Jimbo wasn't in the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like just being like, okay, if there's three in the bottom, she's going to have to be there. So let's just call her safe. Yeah. Sorry, Alexis, you don't get critiques. Yeah. I thought, like, for me, I thought Alexis and Candy were probably the best of the week. Though saying that, even Jessica really surprised me. Her voice was amazing. Like, he's, yeah. she sounded incredible. I don't know what witchcraft they were using on these girls in the editing room, but Leland, give me a call. Jesus. <laughs> Um, I love Leland. I have thirsted over that man many times on this podcast, and it's just never going to end. That's just—I mean, he looks just as gorgeous in person. I must oh. say, oh, I'm and so he was jealous dressed, of that. Just like Fred from Scooby Doo this week. <laughs> no, I thought that too with the ascot. I was like, oh, okay. And Fred Jones is my like sexual awakening. So like, it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's both ends of the spectrum. Challenge. Well, Jimbo did cry at the beginning. Yes, and people were saying it. online that she, they thought that she was faking it. And I'm like, I don't think she's faking it. I think she's kind of upset that, like, she's lost how many lip syncs now on Drag Race? And she isn't yeah. better? I mean, if you want to be cynical, I guess you can be. But even if she was maybe, you know, amping up how upset she was, I I don't doubt that she was. Because she's she's right. You know, lip syncing for especially queens in the US, like, is you're what you are supposed to be doing, what you're good at, like... <laughs> Yeah, it did kind of give a little bit of like milk energy, you know. That's a lot of emotions for safe. <laughs> um, when Kahana's just found out everyone voted for her, and she's fine, but Jimbo's crying. But like that being said, like I I don't know as someone who has been there, like you you can really hold anyone's emotion against them because you know she's been so steady this whole time. Let her, let her a little cry. Do you know what I mean? Let it out. Otherwise, we don't want another Heidi. And based on next week's teaser, next time on Drag Race, like it looks like half of them are going to quit. No, I mean, literally. But the fact that RuPaul has to come in and be like, "All right, we need to have a chat." It's like, okay, this is getting a little out of hand. Yeah, it's giving therapy. Well, it didn't really work as a as a pun. <laughs> therapy. Yeah, she's going to come in. They'll do a healing circle, mm-hmm. burn some sage, and mm-hmm. cry together. Yeah. And hopefully they'll be better. <laughs> and they'll get all of it on camera and they'll get really close zoom ins on everyone and it'll be perfect TV. But yeah, I, I get why, like, based on the promo, like Alexis might be frustrated doing well, but not getting her flowers. And then Kana, the opposite, you know, being in the bottom so many times, like it does get you down regardless of where you are. So, well, and I feel like this, 
another issue with the season is like there's almost too much drama. Like it needs to be that nice, like happy medium because you want the girls to get along and because that makes funny moments and like, you know, you get the fun dynamics. But you also want there to be a little bit of drama. So it's not just like happy go lucky RuPaul's best friend race. But then yeah. if there's too much drama, it becomes like Dragula Titans where it's like this is just <laughs> there is just too, way too much fighting and i'm over it and i'm annoyed and yeah, I'm, it's become it's, real housewives it's no longer top model <laughs> yes exactly yeah no so i'm kind of worried we're heading in that direction because it's i mean it's nasty online it's nasty on the show and it's it's like non-stop almost and that can get tiring for people yeah it's difficult as well and i think part of it is maybe the reason why you know heidi's already quit she obviously was struggling with the pressure of it and you've got to think about it in a long-term way. It's not necessarily even just, I mean, I don't know because I don't want to speak for her. It's not just the necessarily the pressure of the competition. You know, you've got Heidi there, someone who filmed her season during COVID, like couldn't do, you know, all the things that Drag Race is supposed to give you, like at the time. Coming back on top of the pressure of the competition is probably really quite traumatic. Like being back in that environment, being reminded of that time. I don't know. I think I think the world we're we're all a little bit like struggling right now, but we just need to take each other's hands and come together. In the words of Milk again <laughs> from the musical. Oh, actually, that makes sense. Play. I made, I made, <laughs> that's I made, a poll. Reference. <laughs> that is a very. That's a poll. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, <laughs> it's a deep cut. We we really delved into the archive for that one. Yeah, no, I I that left my mind, and you just unearthed it. So. <laughs> <laughs> so for the challenge this week, it is Joan the Unauthorized Rusical. Mm. I have to be honest, I don't know a ton about Joan Crawford. So I was a little bit like, okay, we'll use this as a teaching moment. And I feel like I did learn a lot. Yeah. I mean, uh, kind of the same, to be honest. I feel like uh, a younger generation watching it might not have known a lot. You know, I think most of what I know really is from references that are made on Drag Race. And then I've kind of had a quick Google. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, Watching the musical, I did learn some things. We we fleshed out the biography of yes. Joan. <laughs> yes, the, every like section of the Wikipedia article got its own little moment. Literally, the <laughs> filmography, the, the career, the personal life. It was very <laughs> the aftermath. Yes, all of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So you got to do Larry Poppins, which is a lot different than this type of of musical because yours had like a storyline. It had characters. It had all of that. And this is more just like everyone gets their own kind of moment to shine. Which one do you like better? I am probably very biased coming from the the great British theatrical tradition of like live drag cabaret. I prefer the live singing. But that being said, I prefer the live singing when it's in the UK. In the US, it can be a gamble. <laughs> Well, because there's so, like three levels of a rusical. You can either lip sync to someone else singing, you can lip sync to yourself singing, or you can just sing live. And this was like in, yeah. this was in the middle tier. This was in the middle, which I liked because it, you know, it helped certain people rise to the top and certain people like fall to the bottom. It does show a talent that we don't always see shown on the main stage. Because, you know, even in a girl group, most of the time it's more like spoken word or sort of like rapping. Mm -hmm. So I, I do like it. And I think... It also means that you are guaranteed a very clean show. All the little bits of humor, the like little jokes or little references or things are are, are set in the track. You're not going to lose all that juicy acting in a because it's not live. Do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. 
Am I making sense? No, you're making a lot of sense. Yeah, because yeah. like I think because if it's down in a track where you have done it yourself, like there's not going to be someone that completely screws it up and misses a joke. It's just going to be you doing your best, but we still get a high quality musical. You don't have Aquaria in the share musical who literally can't even catch her breath because she's dancing so hard. <laughs> and it's like she's it's a struggle bus. Well, that's the other thing. Like they really go for it with the dance. Like. And I think that's why I wasn't live for this one, because th- there was a lot yeah. of dancing. Whereas, like, in Larry Poppins, there really wasn't much dancing. It was more just, like, performing. Yeah, there was, like, a, f- a performing, like, a few little steps here and there. Mm-hmm. To be honest, there was a lot more choreography. There was a section that me and Cheddar did together where she was, like, the French cockroach maid, as Max <laughs> Um, Where we had actually quite... We had, like, a proper dance break. But she just couldn't do it so it got cut and it was like a bit like oh that's such a shame because like i i was like really slaying <laughs> but oh well it's fine I, I i'll just have to try and win the musical next time <laughs> oh you'll get it you'll go from like the second place to the first place for sure yeah it's fine i've already decided my all-stars makeover instead of getting filler i'm just gonna be thin because <laughs> in the words of ginger minge um, apparently, all you need to win is a corset. <laughs> <laughs> I I, mean, no, I love but... that fairy look you did in the makeover. I thought that was adorable. What the the fairies? Yes, the little purple fairies. Oh, thank you. I mean, I know it was like campy and cheap looking, but that's what I was trying to get across. So when they were saying that it just it looked like shit, I was like, yeah, but that's kind of the point. <laughs> How are you supposed to do a high fashion fairy? Like, right. I'm not a high fashion girl, mama. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. Because also for me, that runway, like, that runway was, like, based on something that was, like, quite personal. So it mm-hmm. felt, like, quite hard, like, to be in the bottom for that. But but you turned out the lip sync. So, like, it all worked out in the end. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's fine. I I knew that Dakota had performed, like, only probably like three or four times before the show. And I was an old veteran. So I was like, right, as long as I can walk in these heels and give face, I'm probably okay. So I just really <laughs> went for it. It's fine. <laughs> that season hurt my soul. Cause like you and Copper and baby and Dakota, like those are like my ride or dies. And I was like, oh, I keep missing oh. everybody, but it, it's fine. It's fine. But Ruzical's that like, the musical when we did it was amazing. Like it's difficult, like because there's so much you have to learn. And I suppose at least for the All Stars one they've just done, like you're learning the lip sync. You're not having to try and multitask the singing and the dancing. Yeah, so you can well, kind of focus on the dancing a bit more. And also, I mean, this one seems a, like a lot easier than doing like a Larry Poppins because when your turn is up, you just go to the back of the stage and you sit. Like they just yeah, you pretty much just like clicking or like pointing. At mm-hmm. Certain mm-hmm. Yeah. You didn't have to learn choreo for other people's like solos as well. Yeah, which is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Was that the hardest challenge to do on Drag Race? Oh no, that was that was an absolute piece of cake for me. Well, for you, I, mean, I guess. Yeah, that makes more sense. That it would be like, yeah, this is my. I, you know, I sing live in my act, and also. I've done lots of musical theater and like parody comedy musicals before, like loads of them in my real life. So for me, that was kind of the most slay I felt the whole time. Cause I was like, I know I can do this though. That being said, I, the, the whole season I was struggling with my ankles. Cause I'd actually very recently broken my ankles before the show. 
So it was hard in terms of like running around and stamping and like doing the choreography. But in terms of like mentally, that was absolutely the easiest thing I've ever done. <laughs> um, I don't know, to be honest, I think the Snatch Game is probably the hardest one because I kind of just got super in my head and I didn't really do any of the jokes I'd planned. And also there was a fire in the studio like a few hours before we filmed it. So like we sort of were sat around for like three hours fully dressed in our Snatch Game characters just waiting. And I think it just made me go like... It gives you more time to like psych yourself out. Yeah. If we'd have just gone and done it, I probably would have been okay. Not the greatest, but okay. I don't know. To me, I, God, I guess I this show is so hard. <laughs> no, it looks hard. It looks very hard. And to me, I guess the musical just looks like more like one of the hardest because it. I think it would take the longest to get down. It's not like an Absolutely. improv challenge or something where you just go into it and hope for the best. Like you have to put in so much work in order to yeah. just have it like happen. Yeah, I mean, for a lot of the challenges, you're pretty much you know given the challenge, the script, whatever, and then you kind of just do it a few hours later. Hmm. So it's it's much more like instant. You kind of just you're thrown to the walls and you've kind of just got to sink or swim. Yeah. Whereas for the Rusical, we spent a couple of days on it when we did it. You know, the first day we assigned the parts, we learned the choreography and like went over the singing with Michelle, and that was all camp. But then we had another full day off camera at the weekend that where we were just running it and running it and running it over and over again. And then we did it the following day. <laughs> it was mad. <laughs> well, and then they have to record it more than once. So it's you're probably running this show like so many times. You must be so drained afterwards. Yeah. Well, we re- we recorded, I think, I think we did it twice over because, you know, they do that for safety and make sure they've got camera angles and yeah. the sound's not gone wrong and all that yeah. stuff. I think uh, someone said at Roscoe's or, whether, or Roscoe's or Twitter, they did this three times. They ran it three times. So, like, you got to be exhausted after that. And then it's like, okay, oh, yeah. you're ready to run for runway. <laughs> You've got a, it, it's the same with the girl group. Like, you you do it, you have maybe 60 seconds, and then you start it again. Mm-hmm. It is quite intense. Yeah. Like, <laughs> as soon as we finished it and they were like, okay, thanks, you can leave the stage. <laughs> I was literally on the floors. My shoes were off. I was like, I need a medic. Where's the ice packs? <laughs> <laughs> I need a fan on me right now. Full blast. I mean, actually, funnily, it's, sorry, it's bringing back so many memories thinking about it. Like, I remember actually afterwards, I had to sit in the medical bay with ice packs on my ankles for like ages. And I was like crying. And then I realized, oh my God, all of the other girls are pe- like completely redoing their makeup ready for the runway. And I'm like, not there. And I was like, oh shit. So I had to just like go to the runway. I was still crying. And honestly, I was getting dressed as Tracy Turnblad from Hairspray, weeping, basically being carried to the runway. And then they said, Pixie Polite, walk, like go. And I just had to turn around the corner and smile and be like, ha ha ha, aren't I camp? Like that. Do you know what? I just said it was one of the easiest episodes, but in hindsight, that was actually really, really traumatic. <laughs> I think maybe I've just blocked it out. No, yeah, out. your brain, your brain blocked it all out, and now it's like, bitch, you're making me go through this again. I mean, thank you for being my therapy today. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I do. I have a minor in psych, so I just kind of just kind of happens. Work. <laughs> <laughs> um, why don't we start getting into some of these performances and the runway? Let's do it. As always, we will give them a closed case, an open case, or a cold case based on the whole episode. Mm-hmm. The Rusical performance, Joan the Unauthorized Rusical, and the Night of a Thousand Grace Jones's 
runway. I thought it was so funny to do two Jones, like Joan Crawford and Grace Jones. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, it took me a while to get that that was the joke. Right, like, no, how, same. How strange that we're doing this. It, it felt very disjointed at first, kind of like when they did the 90s uh, girl groups on All Star 7 and then did a Dolly Parton runway after. <laughs> It was like, where's this all connecting? But this yeah. makes at least a little more sense. To be honest, as far as runway themes go, Grace Jones is the iconic one. Oh, like, yeah. So, so many, many references. Like, amazing, yeah, looks that you can pull from, especially for drag. Like, she's just such a out-of-this-world, like, out-of-the-box kind of creative. I would love to do this runway category. Like, it's yeah, amazing. I mean, Grace Jones is a drag queen. So, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting when they do these like Night of a Thousand runways because you get those like really weird picks because everyone's like, well, I don't want to do the iconic ones because someone else is probably going to do the iconic one too. And I don't want mine to look worse than theirs. So you get these kind of like off the wall picks. And sometimes you don't get the ones you really want to see because everyone avoids them like the plague. Yeah. Well, also there's you run the risk of if you do a super iconic one and you don't do it in the eyes of Michelle, mm -hmm. like justice, you know, she's going to read you to filth. Yeah. Madness. If okay, let's say you go back. What night of a thousand blank would you want to do? Like what what superstar would you want to do? I don't know. That's a really hard question. It would have to be someone some someone probably more relevant to like my upbringing in terms of like pop culture. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like Night of a Thousand Britneys could be camp. Have we done that before? I'm shocked we haven't done that yet. Yeah. Cause that would be so good. <laughs> oh, I know. Like that, I mean, that, that's like so many looks to pick from. I know sometimes it's difficult because yeah. they have to pick them from Getty Images as like the reference photos. Yeah. So you couldn't do like music videos, which is, I think, where most of her like best. Yeah, that's true, actually. So maybe that's why they, they're kind of avoiding it. I'm still waiting for Night of a Thousand Hillary Duffs. Uh, and until that <laughs> happens, you know, I'll just be waiting patiently. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's so many you could do. You know, you could do Night of a Thousand jill biden's night yes. of a thousand sophia vergaris like you could just go really obscure because i think that would be quite hard night to of do. a thousand like, neil patrick harris's and it would be yeah the best night of a thousand world. sam smith's yes She's got some now <laughs> yes, yes exactly okay oh, so you know, oh wait no do you know who would be incredible to do who um padam padam miss kylie minogue how oh they they night of a thousand do a kylie on drag race down under i'm shocked they haven't done that I mean, me too, to be honest with you. But if they don't do it, someone else will do it soon. Because her tour looks that she mm -hmm. does are insane. And, like, she even has, like, so many iconic, like, performance looks from... Again, you might not be able to use them because of Getty, but from music videos and stuff. Or, like, like that performance where she's on the record. And, like, she's, like, yeah. coming up on the record doing Kinky Go to My Head. Like, I remember being a kid, like, having Kylie CD, like, CDs playing in the car. Like, she, she was, like just on repeat constantly like mm -hmm. very iconic for my for my young gay brain <laughs> yeah i love that padam padam has become our uh gay aloha just padam padam padam, padam. yeah <laughs> i i did i made the fatal error of of tweeting saying i'm not sure if i'm like mega into it but everyone seems to like really be obsessed and i saw like, that and and cancel, i was like hmm, pixie give it another shot <laughs> give it another <laughs> fair, it's very catchy i like it i just don't know i I was just like surprised how how crazy everyone's gone, but like I kind of am just embracing it because it's very camp now. Because it's, it's like Kylie our language. And, yeah, anything Kylie that like goes crazy, I'm like perfect, awesome. She deserves everything. 
Yeah. I mean, it's quite funny. She There's this thing in the UK called the Summertime Ball. It's like a big concert in like a huge stadium and like loads of random pop stars like are on the lineup. I don't really, it's kind of like a mini music festival for like a day, but in a mm-hmm. stadium, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. And like they have... They had um Kylie come yesterday as the surprise guest, and she she did Padam Padam, and because this stadium was full of straight people, no one was singing along. The audience were like quiet; they did not really know what was going on. Like some people obviously had heard it, or like on the radio maybe, right? But like it was just so funny. Like I kept seeing clips of it on TikTok, and I was like, Kylie, these are not your people. You should have done this at Pride. <laughs> no, same. It's like um, I'll talk to like my some of my straight friends, and I'll be like talking about what was it oh the kim petrus alone like i was singing it and they're like what are you what are you singing i'm like it's on every single tiktok like every single tiktok i have is mm-hmm. do alone by kim petrus like never heard of it i'm like i sometimes forget we're in our own little bubble we are <laughs> and, we really are yeah dear god bless the straights it's not their fault they'll appreciate kylie when it's too late unfortunately yeah true oh, do you know again another one that would be incredible night of a thousand tina turner's may she rest yes. in peace Yes. Night of a Thousand Shares. Night of a Thousand Shania Twain's. Shania Twain, iconic. Do you know what? Like, there's there's just so many iconic people that you could do. Mm-hmm. But for now, I'm very happy with Grace Jones. Like, she 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 deserves a bit of recognition. Yeah, and I'm glad we got an... Uh, is this our first Grace Jones lip sync? There might have been, like, one before this. uh maybe i think maybe there's been one on some kind of franchise before yeah yeah it's hard to keep track anymore like <laughs> with everywhere <laughs> but yeah no i was happy we got a grace jones lip sync too so um first up opening the show was kahana montrese she mm-hmm. is playing like early stages of joan crawford's career and then on the runway she is kind of doing her own kind of vegas interpretation of a red and black grace jones uh tour look so what mm-hmm. do you think about kahana montrese this episode for me, it's not a closed case, but it's also not a cold case. That's it's what like... we have an open case for. Oh, okay. Okay, <laughs> I was going to a lukewarm case. <laughs> um, but open case is, is good. We can leave, we can go there. I think for me, yeah, that's where she, because she wasn't bad in the ruse call. No she one was bad. No one was. Yeah, she like slayed the choreography. She looked absolutely gorgeous in the ruse call. I think for me anyway it's the time where i noticed most how stunning her makeup and everything was the singing was decent you know michelle said oh you didn't really give us much in your face but i'm like well there weren't really many jokes or like moments that she could so i thought she did a great job with what she's given especially considering how she's like been a bit down on herself and about struggling acting challenges like she's she's i thought she kind of slayed it in any other season she'd have been safe do you know what i mean yeah, this is kind of an unfortunate role because it's not funny and it's not like camp at all. It's and like, yeah, it's setting the scene. It's not yeah, really like, like memorable. Yeah, there's certain roles when it comes to like acting challenges or or musicals or anything where it's like it would be very hard to win. Like in your musical, like it would be very hard for Dakota or um Black Peppa to win with those like yeah. role, like schoolgirl roles. Like certain roles are just there to fill space and like it would be very hard to actually win with them. And that kind of felt like Ahana's role here. Yeah, for sure. Though I didn't, I did enjoy it. Like her section kind of gave me, um, you know, like have you have you ever seen Smash, the TV show? No. It's basically a show about 
it's a drama well it's not it's a musical sort of comedy drama thing about like writing a musical based on the life of Marilyn Monroe and there's a song in it called 20th Century Foxtrot and as I was watching Kahana do it I was like this is a complete ripoff of this song (laughs) but it's still really good (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah no I Um, honestly like I would give Kahana a close case like I don't think I think she did a good job in the challenge I think she had a good runway is it like a slam dunk? Like you could be in the top? No, but I still like, I would give it an open if I thought there was like clear issues. I didn't see issues. I just thought other people did better. Yeah, I agreed. And that's kind of what the judges said, you know, some people are A plus and some people are just A's and that's, mm-hmm. that's fine. Like for me, Kahana was the only one where I was like, okay, if I was judging, she'd be the only one I'd definitely probably put at the bottom. Okay. Um, um, which is why I can't give it a closed case, even though she did do well. It's uh yeah, she she's an open case. You know how like they they'll sometimes leave space open in like the schedule for like we'll have a double Shante at some point, so we'll have that episode. Yeah. I wish they would do episodes where no one goes home. Just do a top two. Everyone did good in the challenge. No one deserves to go home. We'll do a top two lip sync winner wins. That just felt like it would I would feel better leaving this episode with like everyone did good, no one went home. Let's celebrate that everyone did a really good job. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, in a way, it kind of feels like, I don't know, obviously Heidi leaving kind of put a spanner in the works, but like I would have rather actually just have, you know, someone actually go home last episode. Oh, yeah. And then this week, cut one of the parts because mm-hmm. you don't need them all. And then, you know, have a double shunte. I think it would be more justified this week not to send anyone home than last week, personally. Yeah. Yeah, because I think about like Daytona wins on season 14 where no one went home and it kind of like upped the cast a little bit in like their like level of like talent is because everyone was like, wow, this cast is so good that they can't even have a bottom two because they're doing so well in these challenges. So it just kind of like inflates the cast a little bit in everyone's minds. Agreed. Yeah. And to be fair, they needed that on season 14 because (laughs) mama, that snatch game. (laughs) (laughs) That was like the the roller coaster going up before it all just came crashing. Down. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, I feel bad for Kahana because like it sucks that she was in the bottom when I think she did a good job, but I don't think it was like undeserved. Yeah, and I think for me as well, I think she probably had my least favorite runway because oh. she still looked gorgeous and like I could see how it related to the reference picture. But it just was a bit too much changed for me to still read Grace Jones. Because obviously she's like, oh, I'm giving you showgirl Kahana version of Grace Jones. But I'm kind of like, well, that's good in other categories. But like this one specifically is Grace Jones. So kind of need to stick to it a little bit more, I think. And there was a couple queens on this runway that kind of changed the looks kind of a lot. And I think about like Charity Case doing Scary Spice on UK3, where they were like, you changed this so much, it's not even the prompt anymore. So I feel like it's like a very fine line, and I'm shocked how far some of them pushed it, and that the judges really didn't care. Like who? Oh, I'm interested now. Well, like this one. Like, this doesn't look anything like I mean, you could see the inspiration, but she definitely made it her own. quite far divorced. (laughs) Candy took the original look and changed the entire shape. It just kind of went with the same vibe. For me, I think Candy matched the original slightly more. Because mm-hmm. the only changes really I noticed on hers were that, you know, instead of a, a long black gown underneath, it was 
the same sort of mini dress bodysuit shape that she likes to do pretty much mm-hmm. every way. All teal shade. Um, but you know, the actual structure of it was amazing and it was so reminiscent of the of the reference. And she'd made the exclamation point on the top a little K, which I thought mm-hmm. was really clever. Yes. Yeah. It, you gotta find ways of changing it in a way that elevates it rather than just changing it for the sake of it, I think is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, next up we have James Mansfield, who played the mommy. She wasn't actually the mommy dearest, but she was like the mother role. Yeah, I don't know what they called it really in the end. Yeah, it was like her and her new daughter and how she was like milking her for fame or whatever. And then on the runway, she's wearing this foxtail performance look that is a little suspect. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What did you think about James? Um, I hate to say it because I really do like James, but for me, it's a cold case. For the runway, because whereas, uh, you know, Kahana's is maybe a bit too different from the original, like <laughs> James is more close to the original, but bad. <laughs> it's just sort of was a bit saggy and a little bit sort of like homemade looking. I don't know, which isn't always a bad thing, but just it didn't feel elevated. I didn't enjoy the like, obviously, she changed her makeup to try and like show versatility but i didn't think she looked great there was just lots about it that i didn't vibe with and i think part of it might just be all those things i've just said obviously (laughs) (laughs) also like the fact that it's just like it's beige and brown it's giving a little burly yeah she she kind of looked yeah like she was hunting in the wilderness it was giving like sexy davy crockett other than Grace Jones. Right. But that right. being said, you know, like she did great in the challenge. Like she hit every beat. I think she suffered the same way as Kahana. Like we said, you know, just having a part that was a little bit more boring and storytelling rather than like fun and funny in camp. Yes. Yeah. I imagine she probably chose that role thinking, okay, there's not going to be loads of choreography. So I'll be safe. I think that's probably what she was thinking. Yeah. But unfortunately, it just didn't give in the same way as the others. I actually loved her part. I thought it was really funny. I thought that James knew what the role was and she kind of like fed into that, like the all the facial expressions and her kind of being like shady. I I liked her in the, the musical. I had no issues there, but this runway is does not good. And she said last week that she, you know, lost some weight after her runways were made. So that kind of complicates things. And it's unfortunate that nothing is fitting super well now. <laughs> but yeah. it's hard in a way because I think I can I can totally get that, you know, maybe she's lost some weight and stuff isn't fitting. And also to a certain extent, you know, sometimes the first time you've tried it on since before you left is literally 10 minutes before the runway. Mm-hmm. So there's probably not a lot you can do if it doesn't fit. However, you know, last week, like she has been critiqued for it being baggy. You you can spend 10 minutes on a sewing machine if you need to. Especially James, to who's a wonderful seamstress. Yeah, she knows how to make stuff. Like, you know, there's no reason why one day she couldn't have just gone like, right, let me quickly put this on. And okay, that's a bit baggy take it in take it in boom like obviously like in the pressures of competition i feel like a broken record keep saying it but like maybe she just didn't have time or she didn't have the mental capacity to do it but 
you know, this is all stars. And unfortunately, a lot of the runways, I think, from a lot of them really, haven't been particularly mind-blowing in the way I'd expect. Well, especially like, after All-Star 7, where we had, like, the best runways of all yeah. time, it's really hard to go from that to this and still be as excited. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They set the bar very, the bar very hard. Oh, I can't talk. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, they set the bar very high for that one on uh, All Winners. I think I'm going to give James an open because I really did love her performance, um, but I really don't love the runway. So I think that kind of just balances to being somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I mean, I think because of the runway, that's why I would like mark her down slightly over Kahana. Because mm-hmm. I think they both did like great in the challenge, but Kahana did just look nicer. Yeah, yeah. You know, on the runway. And so, you know, some people have like really been going for Candy for sending James home, saying, you know, she didn't play by the rules. But like, I can't actually, in terms of the episode, maybe she did, you know, play by the rules. Maybe the runway, because especially when you're sat there looking at someone in a shit outfit, and you've got to choose whether they've got to go home. That must even subconsciously affect well, your decision. Yeah, and that's the last thing in their mind, not the performance, it's the runway, what they've been wearing the last, like, hour, two hours, three hours that they've been together. Exactly. And also, like, if you're trying to judge your competitors to send home, you've actually not necessarily, you've not really watched them do the rusical even. Yeah, you've mm-hmm. been in it, and you've probably physically watch them from behind it's not the same as actually sitting and watching it out in the audience do you know what I mean yes that's really yeah it's hard I don't know I I don't think I'd like this whole sending people home business I mean I'd do it um (laughs) because I'd love a hundred thousand dollars well it's two hundred thousand dollars yeah two hundred thousand dollars but yeah it's mad really anyway Yeah. yeah it's difficult uh speaking of candy she's up next she's doing the no wire hangers ever which was just written to be an amazing part to pick. And I get why people were yeah. fighting for it. She and Jessica were really fighting for it. Um, and then on the runway, she's going for this very, like, geometric... Um, I don't even know how you describe it. It's very, like, Pablo Picasso kind yeah. of art piece look. Uh, I mean, Candy knocked it out of the park this this week. Yeah. She, her makeup was lovely. The whole outfit was great. You know, like I've already said, I was a bit like, oh, we're getting the same mini dress leotard sort of thing on her which at this point i'm a bit bored of mm-hmm. from a competition perspective as a viewer just to be objective for anyone <laughs> attacks me but that being said it kind of didn't matter because the rest of the outfit was so visually interesting yes um and like it was a perfect reference to choose from i think um she looked fabulous and then like you know the challenge she absolutely knocked out of the park like, considering how she was sort of struggling in the rehearsal with the choreography, like, I was a bit worried for her. And then, to be honest, even just the idea of Candy Muse singing is, like, difficult to wrap my head around. Because <laughs> even when they auditioned, I was like, I can't understand a word she's just sang. It's like listening to the Tasmanian Devil or, like, <laughs> the cook- like I think Hannah said the Cookie Monster. I was like, I, I genuinely thought before the, the musical started, because obviously we don't hear the parts. Mm-hmm. we don't know what's coming um i was like oh god candy's f- i shouldn't swear candy's swear. oh candy's fuck that's what i thought <laughs> i thought she was absolutely fucked 
especially with them being like, oh, I technically went home and then was saved on this last time. I was like, oh, God, she's going to absolutely, she's being set up. Um, <laughs> but no, she, she fucking slayed it. The choreography was so on point. She was funny. The singing was great. Again, you know, all the girls had a bit of help from Auntie Autotune, but that's fine. It doesn't change the fact that what's recorded in the first place is good enough to make it sound that good, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and like, it was a standout moment of the whole thing, really. Like, there were people who, after that who were really great, but like, it was just so catchy and so well executed. There were a few good jokes in there. Like, she she did kill it. Honestly, I think if I was in this musical, I would probably be fighting for that part too. Yeah. Because I think maybe I'm just seeing it from more of like a an actress perspective but like i would listen to that track and be like that's the winning one or maybe it's this other one do you know what i mean well and especially like even if you don't know joan crawford like i do like that is so referenced on drag race that like everyone's gonna get it everyone's gonna know exactly what you're doing when you're in that role so that's a good one to have because like i mean that being said she did look like quite busted in the musical, but that's the reference. Yeah, that's exactly. How Joan looked. Well, and especially like, I mean, I I could imagine that when you're doing these things and you're like, okay, I'm doing this challenge, I'm going to do this role. Like, you have to think what could go viral. What is the thing that's going to get shared all over Twitter? What's the thing that's going to get shared all over Instagram? Like, that is the role that will get shared. Her under a disco ball with a huge wire hanger and white powder all over her face, dancing to like no wire hangers ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's it's just so catchy as well. Like, that's the only part of the musical I can actually sing back to you. Mm-hmm. I don't remember any of the other lyrics. Like, all I remember is, no more wire hanging. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's, it's a great part, and she did so well. I mean, to be honest, I think if Jessica had got that part, she'd have probably done it just as great, because she is mm-hmm. a great dancer. She is so naturally funny. And, you know, as we heard on her track, her singing was really great as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, Candy's just, I guess, it's part talent, part luck this week, essentially, that the girls let her have that role. So, but like, great for her, honestly. It, it makes her more of a front runner with Jimbo. Well, um, Candy's kind of becoming like the main character. Like, she's already the narrator. Now she's winning challenges and she's involved in all these storylines. So, like, she's kind of at like the forefront of the episodes at this point. Yeah, I think so. I think her Jimbo, I think, is as well, but maybe is isn't as involved in too many sort of like interpersonal conversations or mm. like dramas in the same way. Yeah, yeah. But so yeah, me, it's a what's the word? It's a co- closed case. It's a, it's, it's, it is a total closed case. Up next was Jessica Wilde, and she did like a rock. I don't know what what like era she was supposed to be doing, but she was like a rock performance. Yeah. And then on the runway, she recreates this royal purple look that uh, Grace Jones wore. But it's it's honestly not a recreation. It's kind of a lot different. <laughs> like, it's the, the only, like, real thing that's the same is the hood <laughs> and, like, the color. Yeah, there's the hood and, like, the little cutouts down the leg. No, I, I don't guess. even see that because I'm looking at the reference picture. There's no cutouts that I can see. How is there not? I don't think so. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm going to let her let it slide with her, you know? I know I just went after Kahana for the for not matching the thing enough. <laughs> but she just Jessica just looked so great. Like mm-hmm. the dress was gorgeous. It was a lovely color on her. And like 
even if it wasn't that close to the reference picture, if you'd have said to me, okay, what's the reference? I probably would have gone, oh, maybe it's like 80s dynasty, you know, or maybe it's Grace Jones or maybe it, do you know what I mean? You could kind of get the vague yes. vibe of it. So, but yeah, because she looked so great, I kind of was just like, oh, I can't really, I can't really critique this too hard. Yeah. Um, and she did well, you know, one of Rue's favorite colors is purple, like to wear. So like, she was clever about it. <laughs> well, and it was such a nice color, complimented her skin tone so well. Yeah. And her makeup is so amazing. She she really did knock this episode out of the park. She had a really fun role. She took it where it needed to go. Her vocals were great. I mean, I think Jessica was a total close case this week. Oh yeah, absolutely a close case. And I think as well, it's interesting because when they were fighting over that other, uh, the wire hangers role, I was like, oh, God, what kind of booger role has Jessica been left with? And then she said, oh, it's I'll I'll do Bring Me the Axe. And I was like, oh, my God, why wouldn't you want Bring Me the Axe? Yeah, yeah. But again, it's another one of those high energy, like lots of potential for like comedy and acting. Like it's one of those roles where you could win the challenge with it. Well, you look so, at the, yeah, you look at the top yeah. three of the week and those were the three best roles just period on paper. So... Yeah, agreed. Is there um, a correlation? Possibly. <laughs> maybe, but also like it just because you've got a good role doesn't mean you're going to be good at it. That's true too. So at the end of the day, they're not in charge of who gets what role. And, you know, they can't make you better at it than you are. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Jessica was amazing. I definitely would have put her in the top this week. I don't think I would have had her win. Um, I guess it depends, you know, if how the judges are feeling in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, very that. Have uh, they had their coffee? No, okay, they're going to be mean. Have <laughs> they, Have they? you know? <laughs> yeah, no, has the enemas hit yet? Yeah, the coffee enema. Oh, that episode was wild. Do you remember that? The coffee enema. Yeah, the, uh, what did she say? The, you can read with wheel? Like, honestly, I swear, she, sometimes I think she's like literally an alien. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Jessica was fab. I, 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 if they had given her the win, I would have been like, okay, fine, fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, any, any of the people in the top three, I think they all did great, and there, it was really just kind of splitting hairs from tops and mm -hmm. bottoms. So, um, the last person in the top was Lala Ree, and she is playing. What did she do in the musical? Oh, she did like the slapping thing. Yeah, she was the. I left MGM and I've joined Warner it, Brothers yes. doing this iconic film that none of us know because we're too young. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, no, but she had a, it was like a very bogey performance. She slapped a lot of dancers and then on the runway, she's wearing a black latex look with these giant bow head, like hat thing, mm -hmm. um, which the judges didn't like. And I liked it. See, I didn't like it either. I didn't not like it. But I didn't love it. Do you know what I mean? I think for me, it she totally gave Grace Jones. You could tell when she walked out what the outfit reference was. Even if you didn't see the photo, you could probably like say, oh, it's very Grace Jones. Do you know what I mean? You could guess it. I think the only thing for me is that I think her makeup for me wasn't great on the runway. Okay. It was very sort of minimal. And I was like, this is Grace Jones. I feel like you need to go like a bit more rar with it like you know it, she's it, such a wild energy like it just felt very like stripped back 
considering she's someone who said, you know, I love Grace Jones, like she was an icon to me, I, like growing up, like I kind of was just a bit disappointed overall. Like well, I, I both just... appreciated that she just did a recreation because so many, you know, yeah. the other like their own interpretations. This was a full recreation. So I definitely appreciated that. Yeah. Um, it's not the most like exciting look in the entire world, but I mean, not to not to be shady, but for La La Ri, I think it's very good. Like, I think this is a very clean, <laughs> nice look that we're seeing. Yes, I, I will agree with you. It's one of her ones that I like more this season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think, though, for me, it's hard because, like, she's so, like, likable and her personality is so great and she is very talented. I think the issue is partly a little bit taste level throughout the season um, and a little bit just money because you know if you've got the money to like go crazy with your runways they're always going to be better unfortunately drag race has become this machine where like if you maybe can't afford to invest as much in it your runways aren't going to be as well received and it's unfortunate but it's a sad fact yeah, the judges have a high bar for things now, and the you know the audience at home is even harsher than that. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, I'm not going to hold her runways against her by any means. I think the only thing for me this week with her runway is I didn't like the choice of the fabric. It was like a sort of like quite cheap looking black PVC sort of shiny. Mm-hmm. I just I just thought mm, I feel like if you'd chosen something else it would have looked so high fashion and so expensive, but it kind of just let it down. But that being said, she did look fabulous and she was really good in the musical. Like she gave such great face in the musical. Like you, it did look, I mean, obviously it was her voice recorded, but it did look, which is what I love about lip sync. It looked like the words were literally being said by her in that moment. Yeah, She was embodying the words. She wasn't just mimicking them with her mouth. Yeah, and, and this was kind of hard because, like, she had to slap with the beat. Like, there was, like, certain, like, sound effects she had to hit when she yeah. was slapping. And, like, she hit every single one of them. Um, I think she had Loki the hardest choreo next to Alexis Michelle. And she did a really, really, really good job. So I, she's getting a close yeah. case for me for the week. Absolutely close case. She did so I, well this week. I think and, if her runway was, like, a little bit better, she could have won. Yeah, and I, do you know what? Yeah, I agree. Like, I definitely think that of of the top three we were given, Jessica and Candy are like the more clear top two. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I I agree. If her runway was slightly more, you know, this, that, or the other, it would have been a closer race between the three of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, full close case. She's doing really well. But it's like we were saying, like she's she's one of those girls this season who's doing consistently really quite well. But everyone's kind of consistently doing quite well. So it's like hard to really know who's pulling through the pack to the finish line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it feels like you have Jimbo, who's way ahead. You have Kahana, who's unfortunately kind of behind. And everyone mm-hmm. else is just in the middle. Yeah, I mean, I think Candy's pulling ahead now after this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, in the same way, she's kind of, whether we like it or not, pulling ahead slightly with a bit of a target on her back. Yeah. I'm I'm not surprised that she's like a bit paranoid about who to trust after everything that happened. Um, especially if after that you're then doing well because it's like, am I gonna just do well and then get cut? You you yes. never know. You never yeah. know. 
it's like you want to do well but not too well to like where you put a target on your back and yeah. but you don't want to like fade into the background either because they'll send you home too so it's like very like it's a very slight a small um balance beam to have to like maneuver yeah i, I feel like you're kind of just absolutely fucked no matter what you do <laughs> basically <laughs> it, it just if, if something happens on the wrong day you're you're done like it, it oh yeah it's so random so next up we have alexis michelle who did this like country number it's not my first time at the rodeo and then on the runway she does this um i don't know how you would even describe it it's a black very intricate look with this really fun head headpiece hat thing it's she looks yeah. in her runway this is a top tier alexis michelle runway for someone oh. else who like i don't think every single one of her runways hit this is like next level yeah, this is the best runway she's ever done on the show. Yeah, yeah, honestly. It's amazing. She'd shaved her goddamn head, which this is commitment. Is, this was my favorite of the runways. Yeah, mine's, mine too, absolutely. It just looked so luxe. It looked so mm -hmm. expensive. It was high fashion. It was the reference. And she looked stunning in it. Like, it was absolutely... You know, if if this was a certain Wow Presents review show, I would say top two of the week um, <laughs> for me personally. And you know, given her her taste level on her season, like she really has been pushing the aesthetic this this season. Some of it that hasn't come off to me as like completely like this is your aesthetic. Kind of is giving. I'm trying to give you good fashion, but this one this week just felt right it felt like it was still alexis michelle but doing a great look well and i'll even say like i don't think this is giving alexis michelle at all like i think that's why i really was surprised because it was so mm. different for her like just the the shapes that she's playing with and just like how high fashion it is because she does go for more of like a more broadway um musical theater type look with the type vibe with her looks and this was just something completely different yeah but that's good. I mean, and and to be honest, now's the time in the competition to be showing that kind of versatility in a way. Mm -hmm. You know, she's been doing well. She's been top a few times, but not winning. So you want to be noticed for those little things that put you up in the minds of the judges as a contender. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe they're looking at her in that and thinking, you know, I wonder what she's going to wear next week. Yeah. Because they've been surprised and they're excited by it. Like, it was great. And I think, you know, in the challenge, she did a really good Joan illusion. Like, she's very good at doing these characters. The part was funny and camp, and she did it really, really well. I think the only thing that puts it maybe slightly down over some of the other parts that ended up in the top is just that it's maybe not as catchy or, like, got as many big jokes and stuff in it. Like, it was, like, funny, but it wasn't, like, big joke that makes you laugh and remember it. Do you know what I mean? I was surprised she wasn't in the top, to be honest. But as I said, I thought they'd all be critiqued. Like, I, if, if they said there were four people in the top, I'd have been, like, great. Send Jimbo <laughs> safe on her own. She can sit in Untucked, having a cocktail solo for a bit. <laughs> Fabulous. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I and I think I think she did deserve to be there. Like, and you could kind of see it in her face when she was called safe. She was very gracious about it. It wasn't a Jan face crack, but you could tell she was like upset. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, the whole episode, she's like, this is what I do. This is what I'm known for. I'm ready to like win this challenge. And then to just be safe, I'm sure is a little bit disheartening. 
I will say I totally forgot what she even did. I when I re- <laughs> I had to rewatch it, and I was like, what, "What the fuck did Alexis do?" And I was like, "Oh, okay, the the country thing, the country thing." And I think what you said was right. It just didn't have those like moments that are like so memorable. So yeah. I think she would be my fourth favorite for the week, and that's kind of where she's been for this season she's yet to win anything she's had some really really good performances in the snatch game and things like that but there's always just been like that one or two people who just like go a little bit higher than her in the performance and that's costing her like the win but she's doing consistently i think really really well so she's getting first case for me yeah 100 percent. i think um there's something to be said for consistency though i think i don't know i really want her to excel I don't know what it is like I, I kind of find her like quite annoying but at the same time I really want her to like succeed <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense I think it, it's like watching Leah Michelle on Glee like you kind of find Rachel Berry like annoying but at the same time you do want her to get in funny girl like yeah it's, like, yeah weird <laughs> weird toss-up like relationship <laughs> yeah I, I feel like it's because we don't have a ton of humanizing moments from Alexis this season like uh, like Everything yeah. she's been doing has felt overproduced because of like the way it's been edited. And like maybe it yeah. was maybe it was her producing herself. Maybe it wasn't, but it's definitely the way that she's being portrayed on the season is like overproduced, kind of poking fun at her a little bit. So it's hard mm-hmm. to like really like connect with her because of that. And we all know she's like horny for everyone in the room too, which is like, you know, <laughs> relatable, but like it's not really a <laughs> God, goodness absolutely horny yeah, to be fair pretty much every episode there's some kind of comment about her wanting to like jump one of the other girls and then they cut to her like creepy little smile and it's like whoa yeah it's it's a bit strange <laughs> but you know what she, she to be honest considering i mean she's not that old but considering her age she does look pretty great so like oh yeah if she wants to go out and flirt with all the men let her do it why you not know- we have the villain edit, we have the delusional edit, the underdog edit, and Alexis Michelle has introduced the horn dog edit. And you know what? Yeah. I just want to thank her for that. Yeah. I I and you know what? In years to come, people who get the horn dog edit will credit her for this achievement. In three years, I'll be making a video about the horn dog edit, and it'll all start with Alexis Michelle. Yeah. There'll be a whole timeline. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. She will be um, the milk of the delusional edit to the horn dog edit. Ooh, yeah, fair enough. That actually makes sense. Who have we got left? We have one queen left, and it is Jimbo. She is oh, playing. Yeah. Um, she's playing the Fade Dunway version, right? When like the the mommy dearest mm-hmm. and kind of crazed look in the wheelchair, and then on the runway, she's doing this very high fashion kind of bondagey, strappy look with a little hair hat. Yes, I don't know. It's kind of like a bit of an open case for me overall. Um, I did think she looked really gorgeous on the runway. I loved the idea of the hat being made of hair, like it being a wig. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really clever. Because mm-hmm. I've seen people do that that Grace Jones cage with the hat reference a few times. And in fact, I think actually, I think Baby did it on my season. Yes. For our yeah. Runway. So like it's instantly sort of recognizable what the reference is, which is great. But she's kind of done it in her own way. And sort of elevated it. It feels very fashionable. It feels glamorous in a way that we don't often see Jimbo, which again, 
great time to be showing versatility. She's not got her breastplate on for like the first time ever. <laughs> and like is just looking stunning. Like, I thought it was great. Um, though I will say, Mama, if we can see your sideburns, you're not doing well. Shave, shave that shit off. <laughs> um, which is actually weirdly a thing I keep noticing about Jimbo. I keep seeing just a peak of sideburn under wigs. But I mean, if the judges aren't gonna notice it or call it out. Does it really matter? Probably not. <laughs> no, I I low-key feel like Jimbo was my least favorite of the week because yeah. of the performance. And it's both her fault and not her fault that the choreo they gave her was like nothing. Like she really was giving like, let me walk this way and then do a little arm motion. And then I'm going to walk to this end of the stage and just like do a little ditty. And like comparing that to like, everyone else who had like such heavy choreo it just kind of felt a little boring yeah it felt very safe but i think maybe that's why she chose that part she Mm -hmm. was like okay you know whatever happened to baby jane she i'm gonna be in a wheelchair wheeled around and i can just be camp and funny and comedy so i don't have to learn choreography because mama she ain't got no rhythm (laughs) so like she obviously (laughs) saw the part and thought Mm -hmm. great this is the one for me and, you know, she got to learn the choreography and he the choreographer was probably just like, God, this woman can't like step and touch. So I guess we'll keep it simple. Mm-hmm. That's to her own detriment, because I, I think you're I agree. Like, I think technically she's probably the least good on in the challenge, really, of the week. Well, and especially like, like a week ending of two, the musical, do you know what I mean? Yes, yes. And especially like and the same thing happened with her on UK versus the world. She was literally playing a dog. Like, you could take that so far. Here, you're playing, think about, like, the movie. She's, like, crazed wheelchair lady. You could take that so far. And I felt like she was so restrained. And I'm sure it's because she's a little bit stressed that, like, she has to do this choreo. She has to, you know, nail this choreo. But, like, your Jimbo, I know you can take this to, like, insane levels of, like, yeah, psychoticness. So you should do that. It kind of, to me, felt a little bit, because also... The thing I noticed, especially during Jimbo's section, was that there was a lot of people, like dancers on stage with her and a few props and bits that were going on. And it felt very like, we're going to do a lot on the stage to kind of distract from the fact that Jimbo's not really doing a lot on the stage. That's mm-hmm. kind of what it gave to me. It, it, it was very like Trinity the Tuck in super queen like let's put loads of dancers and smoke so you can't see her fucking up the dance moves <laughs> that's kind of what i got but like you know she she was fine she did okay like she wasn't bad it was just yeah felt a bit like a a bit of a naff ending to the whole thing i, I kind of thought okay she's gonna be in the bottom it's gonna be a bottom three like and this will be the test of whether people are playing by the rules or not but they didn't want to risk that this time, so they called safe. That's kind of how I felt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, UK versus the world did kind of feel very anticlimactic because you had the three queens with the most wins go back to back to back. And I'm sure that they didn't, and that season didn't get a good reception from fans. So I'm sure they didn't want that to happen again, especially after, like, it is, you know, potentially people were plotting behind the scenes already trying to try and get Jimbo out. So, like, I get why they didn't do it, but it does yeah. kind of feel like, ugh, I don't want to see James go home or Kahana go home when I feel like they weren't the worst this week. 
Yeah. That being said, I don't think Jimbo was far and away the worst. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that it warranted safe. Nah, yeah. Low at the very least. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So but even if it's not bottom two, like at least critique and make them low and then save them. Exactly. I mean? Yes. It feels a bit more fair that way. Yes, exactly. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just being silly. I don't think you're being silly. I think that is kind of the general consensus from what I've been seeing online. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Candy Muse wins the challenge and Kahana mm. Matrice and James Mansfield are in the bottom two. She lip syncs against Angeria Paris Van Michael for the win and gets $30,000. And then she sends home James Mansfield and so did everybody fucking else. Everyone sent James home. Even though everyone last episode voted for Kahana. So I'm like, what are we missing? What are we missing? Okay, this is this is my my theory, right? Yeah, you could have gone on the Vibler. Okay, Kahana's now third time in the bottom. We voted her to go last week and she didn't. But she has had a win. Whereas James has been in the bottom as well once, I think. Mm-hmm but also has not won anything and kind of just is coasting. I could see why, you know, maybe they made that decision. Also, like, you've got to think about it this way. You know, the kid gloves come off. And if you're going to make big moves in a game, because it is a game, it's not just a competition at this point. You know, if you're going to make big moves, we're just over halfway. Now's the time where maybe you start doing that. And maybe the reason that you do it is because you can kind of justify it as still playing by the rules, even if the reason that you've done it isn't playing by the rules. Does that make sense? Yes. Well, and on top of all that, (laughs) and this is kind of the stuff you missed from the show because it's not in like the story, multiple Queens, both on social media now and at Roscoe's, specifically Nasha, said they all thought James should have been bottom two for that first episode and that he was saved. So I think in their minds, they're like, okay, well, this is technically deservedly James's third bottom placement. So that would make her then tied with Kahana, who has a win over James. Yeah, I can kind of see that. Just because every single person voted for James. So it's like, it wasn't like one or two people trying to make a move. It seems like kind of like- Yeah, it was like a group consensus. There's obviously something that we're missing a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I like to see like- the placements like James was in the top I think once and that was for the snatch game and to be honest was it three times see forgettable if I can't (laughs) remember you're in the top that's not going to influence my thinking on your track record yeah because all I remember is her being in the top for the snatch game when to be honest most of them were a bit shit um she kind of ended up in the top sort of because she was she did tell some jokes but at the end of the day in that you know, she wasn't really being Jennifer Coolidge. She was just being James saying things that Jennifer Coolidge might say. Mm-hmm. So if I'm thinking back to that, I'm like, well, she's been in the bottom. She hasn't won. And actually that time she was in the top that I can remember, you know, I didn't actually think she really deserved it. So I'm going to send her home. Like I can see how people are getting there. Yeah. Um, it, it it hurts for me because I love James Mansfield like when she was announced on this cast aka when reddit (laughs) leaked the cast I mean I was so excited because I mean I've been watching her channel for years I've been such a huge fan and to see someone who was a first out and has shown so much growth actually get that second shot I was like I'm here for my Raj O'Hara moment my Kylie Sonique love moment and I'm a fan as well like yeah she is 
you know, even though she was a first out, obviously the term all-star is a bit diluted now, maybe. <laughs> but I think she is someone that qualifies to be an all-star because she has come out of the show, she's gone first, and she's really made something of the experience and the exposure. Like, that yes. to me is someone who is worthy of a second chance. And, you know, it's hard because, again, they're both her and Kahana are those those kinds of queens who have sort of just again been middle of the pack the whole time it's hard to compare them but you know you've on the one hand got kahana every week pulling out these stunning completely bejeweled feathered vegas costumes looking absolutely gorgeous yeah and then you've also got james wandering down in like stretch fabric from bargain city that doesn't fit her so like i i don't mean to be an asshole about it but like I can't, I'm just saying, you know, I can see where thought processes might have happened. Yeah, and I mean, I'm always way harsher on looks in an All Star season than yeah, regular season, and, and I feel like James has kind of been fifty fifty. She's had some really fun looks, and she's had some that haven't worked. Uh, yeah, Hannah, I don't think has had a boot yet. So no, not really. There's been some of hers I've not enjoyed as much, but you know, some of them have been absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her outfit last week I thought was one of the best she's had. Mm-hmm. You know, her banana runway was incredible. Like she has Even had this some week, like it, ones. yeah, this week it wasn't necessarily super Grace Jonesy, but the garment itself was stunning. It's it's interesting. I'm wondering to see how much farther Kahana can go or wants to go because even in Untucked, she was kind of like. She admitted, I'm defeated. I'm very defeated right now. Yeah. So it's like, how much longer do you don't want to be the Roxy? You know what I mean? Like, no one wants to be the Roxy. So will they kind of send her home at the next uh, opportunity? Or is she that person you kind of drag to the end, like in Survivor, because you know they have no shot of winning? Well, this is the other thing. Maybe maybe that's part of the consensus. They're like, well, actually, you know, she she's an easy out. So if I'm in the bottom against her... Next time she should go, so therefore maybe I'll keep her mm-hmm. you know, to to sort of be a sacrificial lamb in case I'm in the bottom. Like it, mm-hmm. it, it makes sense. Um, I mean, based on the preview for the next episode, it's yet another acting challenge, which I feel like is like every bloody episode has been an acting challenge. Apart from they did sewing. Did they do mm-hmm. sewing? Yeah, they did. They did like something else in episode one, but basically every other week has been some kind of acting or comedy. And, you know, I can understand if because if you're not just a naturally funny person, there's not much you can do. It's not like dancing. Or no. Like you can take, take a dance class and you can figure out how to at least get yeah. through a number. Whereas like if you're not funny, there's really not much you can do. So I can no. understand why Kahana would start to get really just like, defeated and upset and like where am i what am i supposed to do at this point the most you can hope for in that situation is that you try your best and hope that you're safe Mm -hmm. like and that one of the people who's you know quote unquote good at this fumbles and it's them that's the one that goes like Mm -hmm. basically i mean in a similar way to like my season the episode i went home was comedy roast and everyone reads really expecting me to like do well which I thought was surprising because I don't think I'm a comedian. Um, I thought you were going to do, I was like, I'm so excited for Pixie in this. But like, because going into the episode, the five of us kind of had this like assumption, like, right, okay, 
Danny and Pixie are going to be fine. So they're in the final. Cheddar will be fine because she's very clever. And it's probably just going to be Jombas and Pepper in the bottom again. But then I completely like screwed it up. And it was a lifeline then for one of them, pretty much. Yeah. Um, it's it's hard, like going into challenges you know aren't your strong suit. Like it can be very intimidating. And you know, if if Kahana left next week, I kind of wouldn't even necessarily blame her. Like I think she's done what she came here to do, which was to show that she was like had had a massive glow up that she was a showgirl that she could dance the house down like she's 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 come and she's reintroduced her fan herself to the fans in that way um and you know sometimes it's it's not worth the mental health crisis yeah yeah <laughs> exactly so, i'm sure when you're there you're also thinking about like what are the fans going to say when like i've been in the bottom this many times and these girls like james or whoever like if someone else goes you know over her next episode like they're going to come at me for that, even though I had nothing yeah. to do with it. Especially in this format where like the, you know, you as the girls have the power to send people home. I think you're even more aware of how the fans are going to react to you doing stuff. Cause like, even in a regular season when it's Rue making a decision, you know, the one that is told to Shantae you stay will still get hate, even though they mm-hmm. haven't done anything. Yeah. But like, you know, the, the stakes are just raised even more because of all this voting. It's it's insane. Like, to be honest, I think the format of All Stars needs a bit of a shake up. Agreed. I mean, has it been since five? Was that five, the one interesting? Yeah, five, six, and seven have all had yeah. a assassin. I think maybe we just need a little zhuzhing of something. Well, and if um, you look like two, three, and four had the initial like top two lip sync for the for the legacy. So that was yeah. three seasons. Now this is three seasons, and I feel like we're ready for something else now. Yeah, I agree. Overall, though, who are you rooting for at this point, like to win? Who's your like number one pick? I don't really know. I don't think I could pick a single person. Like if I had to choose a top three that I think could get there and I would like to see there, I think it would be Jimbo. I think it would be Jessica. And Based on how things are going, it probably will be Candy. I can see Alexis being a very respectable fourth place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then beyond that, I mean, who's left after that? Is it Kahana? And Lala Ri. And Lala. But, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. You know, any- anything could happen, like... I think, you know, if we are going to have another acting next week, the only one really that's going to struggle with that is Kahana. Because Lala's been quite good and funny in most of the challenges. You know, maybe she'll surprise us. We we just don't know. We yeah. don't know. I, I would like Jessica to get there just because I think she's so good and she's so funny and she's waited so long for this. I think it would be just really nice for her to be in the final. I agree. I'm, I love Jessica. I love Jimbo. I love Candy. I think that's my like top three with like Alexis or Lala kind of being in that. Yeah. I think that's all we have to talk about for this episode. Pixie, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the pod. And I want to personally also thank you for that pink and green um, jacket look you wore on your season because it oh. changed my life for the better. Oh, I mean, in what way? You got you can't tell me that and not elaborate. <laughs> I, I love that <laughs> look so much. I thought about it all the time. 
And oh. I still think about it. I mean, you know, it was described as like watermelon-like. So I can imagine, you know, if you're a little bit hungry, it might <laughs> pop on the brain. You might think of it. Yeah, that no, it, it was giving me rainbow sherbet. Oh, okay. I'm into that. Very nice. Um, yeah. That's... I, mean, I love that one as well. Like, I think um, it's interesting looking back at it because obviously that was like a year and a half ago now that we filmed. Yeah. And like, I do love the outfit, but I look at it and I go, hmm, there's little things I would change, but I do love it. For me, that was the first moment where I was like, oh my God, I'm giving fashion. Like, <laughs> no, you were serving. Uh, you were, is that your um, favorite from, from your season that you wore? Um, oh, I don't know. There were a few where I, I really did feel beautiful. Like I did the birth of Venus with the clamshell. Yes. Like, yes. I felt stunning in that. I did love the big green green and pink coat as well. I loved my BBC look from the first episode just mm -hmm. because it was like stupid and camp. Um, <laughs> the main one I loved probably was my Ruffles look, which was like the, you know, Elizabethan like, orange dress thing. Yeah. It's just a shame that Cheddar did Elizabeth for the Snatch Game. Because if she hadn't, I feel like Michelle would have liked it more because it was basically like a less version of that. Weirdly made by the exact same person, though. They're both made by the same person. A little shady. Uh, a little shady. <laughs> yeah, well, Cheddar's had that outfit for years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously we're on a bit of a, a time constraint for that mm -hmm. one. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I, I still stand by a, a lot of my outfits. Like, a lot of people were very negative about a lot of my runways, but I kind of have to just brush it off as, well, those people probably are the same people who maybe didn't gel with my personality, maybe, so they weren't bothered. Mm -hmm. yeah. Or they might just hate fat people, because sometimes that's all it is. <laughs> no, looking at some and of my the... polls on my uh, Instagram stories, I think that might be the case for more often than we would like to admit. Yeah, which is why my All-Stars Glow Up is to lose weight. Because everyone will suddenly think I'm sickening. <laughs> <laughs> How do you become a fashion queen? Go on a diet, I guess. Yeah, I, I went on a diet. I got a gastric band. And now everyone thinks I'm sickening. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm serving um, cunt, as the kids like to say. Very that, yeah. Whereas before I was serving probably beluga whale. <laughs> <laughs> I was serving lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very that. Oh my God, I love lunch. Uh, I need, it's like past, it's dinner time here. I need some dinner. I mean, pop the corn and feed the children. You go and eat your dinner, <laughs> we can finish up. That's fine. It's midnight here. It's nearly midnight. I know. I don't understand time zones. I really don't. It just, it goes one in here and out the other. So like, I'll hear, like I work with Butsi a lot and she's in um, Vancouver. So mm. she's like three hours behind, I think. But I don't understand how it can be happening at the same time, but it's different. It just, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. Like, sometimes you just don't want to think about space. Because oh, if yeah. you think about it, you're like, I don't understand what's the point in anything. <laughs> no, literally. <laughs> exactly. Like, it, it's just a complete mindfuck. And guess um, what? We, we made time up. It didn't exist before we were here. So whatever. I don't give a shit. Exactly. And do you know, fun facts, the Earth is actually spinning faster, like, every year, slightly. So eventually, we're just going to have to change how days work, because the light will be different. 
yeah, we should start that now and just also get rid of time zones. I think the world would actually end if we got rid of time zones, but... I mean, it would be absolute chaos, I feel. Yeah, yeah. for me personally, I could do without it. So, just a note. Yeah. Well, anyway, before (laughs) we talk more philosophically about space and time... That's for a different podcast, actually. That's a different podcast. That's a Doctor (laughs) Who podcast. Yes. Um, Thank you so much for having me. I've had a really good time. And say hello to Bootsy. I think they're very camp. Oh, she's so funny. She's so dumb. I love her. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, can you tell everyone where they can follow you? Oh, yeah, I should do that. If you've enjoyed listening to me speak and read everyone, my name is Pixie Polite, and you can follow me on TikTok and Instagram um, at Pixie Polite. Very simple. Talker. On Twitter, at Polite Pixie. Um, because there's a 13 year old in 2012 who took at pixie polite it's very inconvenient actually yeah really yeah polite pixie on twitter i'm also on facebook if you're you know a middle-aged woman who's listening to this and you want to follow me there um you can alternatively find me on fabswingers.com thank you oh no i'm just kidding What's that? I mean, story? unless you're a single gentleman, feel free to message me. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, my hot girl summer at the moment. <laughs> oh, we love that. We love that. I'm also. But yeah, if you didn't like me, I'm Lawrence Cheney. Thank you. <laughs> and you guys know you can follow me everywhere at Drag Detective. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much, Pixie, for being here. I really appreciate it. That's okay. I'd love to come back anytime. You let me know. We love that. All right. Thank you all for <laughs> listening. And I will catch you all in the next one.